Good morning and welcome to Agape Methodist Church's Daily Devotion Podcast. Today we look at the blessedness of the pure in spirit and the peacemakers. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Let us pray. Father, help us to know you better, to know your ways and your heart as we reflect on your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. <coughs> Excuse me. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Can we really see God? Let me tell you a little bit of Eric's story. I'll leave most of the story of his life to other episodes. Eric was an inmate on death row whom I befriended and we became good friends. He had, over the period awaiting his execution, become a really close friend of Jesus. On the morning of his execution, I was squatting on the floor outside his cell and holding his hands across the barbed gate that separated us. As we prayed, I saw with my eyes shut the room light up. It was so bright I could not open my eyes. I simply squeezed my eyes even tighter. I also sensed someone walking around inside Eric's cell. And thinking it was a guard inside the room, I proceeded to end the prayer. As I finished praying, I saw Eric's eyes were bright and excited as he exclaimed, Did you see Jesus? He was standing in the room with his hands stretched out, welcoming me. After that, Eric proceeded to take a shower, where he continued to share the gospel with the guards who were watching over him. And when he wrote a final note to his brother, his writing was so firm and beautiful, one would not have guessed that he was just minutes from his execution. Eric went to the gallows confidently while still trying to persuade another prisoner who was also walking to the gallows to ask Jesus to welcome him as well. As I thought about the incident later, I realised that it could not have been a prison guard inside the cell. The prison guard could not have entered and exited the cell other than through the gate, and Eric and I were holding hands through the bars, so no one could have entered or left his cell. Eric was not hallucinating as I too witnessed the room light up and sensed the person walking in the cell. Neither of us felt fear at the sight, only great awe. Eric could not describe Jesus' face. He said the light was too bright to see it, but he saw the outstretched hands and knew they belonged to Jesus. Having journeyed for over a year with Eric, I had little doubt that what Eric saw was really Jesus. Not many of us can have such sightings, and I probably will never have such an experience again. But we can experience God's presence in other ways. I once asked God why some of the prisoners whom I ministered to were so aware of God's presence with them. To these persons, Jesus was their constant companion. They didn't have to specially pray for him, to him or adopt a special, particular posture. They spoke with him like he was in the cell with them. Talking to Jesus was the most natural thing to do, and they were filled with such joy. The reply that I got from the Holy Spirit was this, These people want me real bad. You don't. They spend time looking and yearning for me. You treat me as an afterthought so they get what they seek after. And then the conviction came to me. 
if I want God the way these prisoners want God, I will have God. If I feel envious of the experiences of God, I will yearn for God as much. Jesus said to his disciples, Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. The reality is that you experience God to the measure of how much you seek Him. God avails Himself to us. He wants us to know Him. And the only thing that stands in the way of our knowing God is our own disinterest in God. Who are the pure in heart? Before I answer that question, let me highlight this observation. Jesus talks about the purity of the heart. It is all about the heart. God is not so much interested in what we do or the image that we project to others. We are often so engrossed in showing our best side or giving others a good impression of ourselves. But God is concerned about what is in our hearts and this is what we need to be most focused on. The pure in heart are those who deal sincerely and without guile, where your yes is a yes and your no is a no where your smile is a gesture of welcome and friendship, not just a mask to catch another off guard in order to backstab the person. The pure in heart live uncluttered and uncomplicated lives. Their lives are characterized by an earnest longing for God and never by appearances of piety or spirituality to gain public admiration. Their minds are not clouded with ulterior motives because their minds and hearts are clear their view of God is not blocked. They are able to see clearly God's ways and God's presence. What does it mean to see God? Let me give three suggestions, though you probably can discover more points as you think about it. First, it means discerning God's love and heart through the Bible, understanding how much God loves you by reading the Bible. We sometimes read the Bible as a book of instruction or a set of laws, and then we find it very tedious and boring reading it. But one who sees God reads the Bible differently. They read it as a book describing God's patience and love towards humankind, and are able to understand the Bible as God pouring his heart out to us. We do not read the Bible as a chore or a duty, but as God's expression of himself to us. The Bible is still the primary source whereby God allows us to see Him. As you read the Bible, you can pray like this, Lord, please help let me know you through your word. Then throughout the day, mouth through what you have read. Don't just read once and say that you have done your quiet time. Instead, carry in your mind what you have read and think through it throughout the day, each time asking God to help you know Him through that passage. So, for example, yesterday's reading tells us about the, about the blessedness of the merciful. You could ask God to tell you more about what it means to be merciful, or to help you to see how often you need mercy from God and others. Ask God to help you see how you can extend mercy to others, as well as to see how often you have been shown mercy by God and by others throughout the day. You could also ask God to show you how merciful He is to people around you. You then begin to understand something about God's nature as being a merciful God. Second, 
discerning God's love for you even in difficult situations. Remember the reflective prayer I taught you last week? At the end of each day, you take a few minutes, maybe about 15 minutes, to recall all the blessings you have had throughout the day. And often you may discover great blessings shining out through your difficult experiences. A friend of mine often felt that his family despised and hated him. It was very difficult for him. Well, one day he had a stroke, and as he lay in bed, he discovered every member of his family taking turns to stay by his side, fussing over him, sponging him, really loving him. He has since nearly recovered, but through the episode he found something really precious, that he was dearly loved by his family. Third, discovering that God is so very close to you. When you learn to pray some of the prayers I taught you last week, such as, Lord, help me to love this person or that person, what you learn today, Lord, help me to understand mercy. You will have embarked on a journey of talking to God more frequently. Then you learn to pray in other situations as well. When you're about to blow up in anger, you start to pray, Lord, please help me make peace. Or help me to calm down before I talk. Or help me not to say something stupid in my anger. Or when you're faced with a challenge, you could say to God, Lord, please help me with this. Very soon you will be talking to God all the time. And what is more precious is that you will find God helping you, helping your opponent make peace with you. You discover that God is so close to you working out miracles as you pray. So now let's talk about peacemakers. When we are called to be peacemakers, let me strongly caution against trying to make peace between warring parties by preaching at them. Preaching at each other is more likely to worsen the conflict. How often we have preached at victims of injustice by lecturing them to forgive the offenders. This often adds to the injury and worsens the situation. Peacemakers listen carefully and with much empathy. They acknowledge the hurt that is experienced by each of the parties and seek to validate the feelings of hurt first. They recognize that while they show empathy, real peace comes only from God. So before we try helping others make peace with each other, we need to do it with ourselves first. We will then discover how hard it is to make peace, and how much we need God to help us do it. It will make us more understanding of those who are in conflict, and not try to lecture them about forgiveness. So this is what I do when I get really mad at someone, and believe me, it happens all the time. I try to withdraw myself from the fight, from the conflict first, and pray that I will love the person I have an issue with, and that I can cool down. After I've calmed down, I often discover that there is good reason and merit in the words and actions of the one who's against me. The Apostle James tells us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Perhaps to add to our understanding of being quick to listen, it is being quick to reflect, as reflection allows us to see our enemy's point and his needs. But more than even that, I find that God intervenes very often. 
Let me tell you another story. Dom was another friend on death row. For some reason that he could not understand, the person serving him his meals, see the people serving them their meals are usually foreign prisoners on short sentence, who then serve the sentence by serving people in death row, and then they're sent home after the sentence. And this man, this server, kept picking on Dom. Each time he brought Dom's meal to him, the server would spin his plate under the gate and spill all the contents on the floor. After several weeks of such treatment, Dom was so angry, he waited to grab the server's t-shirt and bash him up. But as the server approached, Dom closed his eyes and prayed. He told God this wasn't the way he wanted to live his life and asked God to show him a better way. As he prayed, the server, once again for unknown reasons, slipped Dom's plate gently under the gate. But this time he slipped it gently under the gate. He did not spill anything. Dom thanked him, and eventually the two became friends. God knows when we really want to make peace, and he intervenes to help us. And you know, as you see God intervening, he becomes so real that you just have to pray, God, help me make peace. And you discover that there is peace in you. And that often is also peace in the other person. As you continue doing this, with a pure heart, wanting God to really change your life and your circumstances, you will indeed see God, see God in His actions, see God as how close He is to you and understand God as you read the Bible. So let's take a moment to pray. Now pause and ask yourself, do you really want to know God? God who is the creator of everything, heavens and the earth. God who controls all things and holds all things in His hands, the Almighty God. And this God says, he loves you and He wants you to know Him. He wants you to know how close He is to you and how much He loves you. Do you want to know this God? It's not about looking good to the public. It's not about being active in church. It's simply this question in your heart. Do you want to know God? If you want to know God and tell him God I want to know you help me to understand you as I read the Bible help me to see your blessings and your love as I go th think about the day and how it has gone help me to see that every time I pray you are right here next to me, listening to me and blessing me. And then bring this lesson that you have learned today, throughout the day, as you pray regularly, frequently. God, help me to know you better. Help me to know how much you love me. And see what God how God answers you. 
But we learn today also about peacemaking. Not about helping two people make peace, but first helping myself, helping yourself make peace with another. Are there people whom you hate very much and you want, or who hate you very much and want to make peace? Well, ask God to help you make peace with that person. Or perhaps throughout the day you may end up having a quarrel or getting very angry with someone else. Will you then ask God to help you to make peace with these persons as well? Father, I pray for each of my brothers and sisters who listen to this podcast. That for every person, for every heart that longs for you, longs to know you and to see you, that indeed they will be satisfied and they will see you. For each of us, Lord, who who has conflicts every day, help us to be peacemakers and in the process know how real you are to us every moment. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As a special, and so I can summarize this week's lessons and gather all the ways of praying as well as to talk on the last of the Beatitudes on persecution, I'll have an extra session on Saturday. But, okay, only this Saturday, yeah, because um, <laughs> too tired. But anyway, um, t- tune in tomorrow as well and we'll have a reflection on the last beatitude as well as a summary of all the lessons that we have learned in the week. So have a very good day and God bless you.